Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, welcome back to the Run.Down over here on the Strickland YouTube channel as well as Strickland Podcast Network. We are back um, after our set, our first NBA Knicks game, second Knicks game. Knicks beat the Pistons of a, with a score of, I just had this up to, I'm doing bad, doing bad, 130 to 106. Knicks win go. in a blowout. Um, I got Tyrese here with me. I got Jeff here with me. Um, and yeah, I don't, I don't think we'll have anything really negative to say. So let's get into this. I mean, Knicks come out the gates. Um, they pretty much, as soon as it got to like the second quarter, they kind of really put their foot on the Pistons necks and really didn't let up after that, which was very encouraging to see. And I think me and Tyrese talked about this on the last show about how like this would be a, a, a really good get right game for this team, or at least it should be. Um, and lo and behold, the Knicks did not disappoint. Um, in their home opener, they came out, they put their foots on Detroit's neck. We had great games from Emmanuel quickly, 27 and seven, the ball hog, as he is now donned on social media. Um, we had um, RJ Barrett with a pretty good game, I believe 16 points. Um, we had Obi, oh, it was 18. Yeah. Let me check these boxes real quick so I can get the accurate numbers. Okay. Yep. Yeah. We had RJ with 18, Brunson with 17. Obi with 16 off the bench, looking very confident with those threes. Um, and had some nice passes, too. I will say that. Three assists. Um, so, like, very good stuff from all of our young guys. Different lineups from Thibs, which we'll get into. Um, so, you know, a lot of positive things to get into. So I'll hand it over to Tyrese. Tyrese, where do you want to start things off? I mean, I think we got to start with um, the ball hawk himself. The, uh, the fucking ire of Nick's Twitter for whatever reason because somehow year three we do not see this man as a point guard him annual quickly um eight of 14 from the field three of eight from three only one free throw but he made it 27 and seven second game of the season can we stop the bullshit please thank you <laughs> such a fucking dumb trope that people have been on for like a good two years three years now where people are like He's not a point guard. He doesn't make people better. He doesn't like pass and all this shit. He dribbles the air on the ball. And it's like, he, he, he doesn't even do all that shit. Like he's good moving the ball. He's efficient. Given his shot diet, it's so fucking crazy. He's still efficient. Like the guy is a good player. I don't know why we have to make it seem like he's not, or he's some kind of bug who chucks a lot. Like sometimes he'll hit, he'll hit shots. Sometimes he'll miss shots. That's basketball. And everybody does that. So Great game from him. Including the player these play these guys truly adore. Yeah, that's the most annoying part. Is like I saw I don't even know who it was. Somebody tweeted a video of Shaden Sharp, who's awesome. Like I like he's so fun to watch. Or I mean, I hope I hope he's awesome. He's right now he's just fun to watch. But these guys act like if Shaden Sharp was a Nick, they wouldn't just be shitting on him the same way they shit on all our other Nick young guys. So like they can't have it both ways, you know, like how can you hate on all the Knicks players and then be like, oh, we just need to get like the right Knicks or the right young players. Like it's infuriating. The quickly discourse is always infuriating. He comes in the first five possessions. He runs the offense, doesn't take a single shot and 
shoots once and the timeline's blowing up with, oh, he's such a ball hog. Like, the fuck are you talking about, man? Like, I don't understand what the, I don't, I don't get what these people are watching. I don't get how you can be a Knicks fan and have any brain whatsoever. Look at the numbers and care so much about how Emmanuel quickly profiles as a player and not care about the clear impact he has year after year. The Knicks played like a top three team in the NBA when Emmanuel quickly was on the court last season. Plus 27 tonight. And they played like a bottom five team in the NBA last season when he was on the bench. Like that doesn't just happen by accident. He's not getting these super secret minutes that nobody else is getting. Like, if it was just, oh, he comes off the bench, so it's easy to have good impact numbers off the bench, everybody would have them. Every bench player's numbers would look like Emmanuel Quickly's. Guess what? They don't. The team performs. The team lost its minutes with everybody except for, like, it won its minutes with Obi. It won its minutes with Burks. But I'm saying relative to Quickly, it wasn't even close. This guy is a really good basketball player. Maybe he's not maybe. He's definitely never going to be Chris Paul. But the team is better when he's on the court than when he's off the court. And I don't understand nitpicking a 23-year-old that like that. Just let him play. He could definitely be Chris Paul, bro. He can hoop. I don't care. We on that. We on that. Hall of Fame trajectory. Point God. Emmanuel will quickly sound good anyway. I mean, like, even the way he ended last season, how is that not encouraging enough for this fan base going into this season for them to be – off the wagon off of like one game the first game of the season you know guys finally getting into like some serious game action he has a pretty rough go about it um in terms of you know the shots and whatnot but like we all knew that he was going to bounce back at least logical people knew he was going to bounce back because it's like we've seen him come back from worse starts before so it's like this was nothing and it's against a team that you know he has a favorable favorable matchup against. Um, I really like the shot selection that he had tonight. Um, included a lot of mid-range jumpers, which, you know, we really don't get to see from him. So it's good that he's, like, adding that to his um, repertoire. Um, uh, can, can I cut in here for a second? I'm mm-hmm, sorry. Go ahead. I just want to say one thing. Uh, the point you just made is really good, too, because me and Schwinn talked about this on the last pod. Other teams are starting to scout quickly. And we don't screen very high for him at all. Like if we screened closer to half court, this wouldn't be as big a problem because he would get a bit of a runway and be able to put pressure on defenses more. But because we screen closer to the three point line, it's getting harder for him to step in to pull up threes. It just is because it's easier for the, the tail defender to recover. And so what defenses are doing is they're basically just saying, you know what? You're not Donovan Mitchell. You're not De'Aaron Fox you're not going to be able to punish us at the rim relentlessly if we drop play big and drop coverage. So we're going to have all of our defenders stay home and on, on your shooters. And we're going to say, good luck, Emmanuel quickly beat our big at the rim consistently. And you see it. Sometimes you see him dance in the paint and kind of not really know what to do. You know, like he's like, Oh, none of the kickout options are available. We don't really have the most creative play selection. What do I do? Because I'm not going to attack, you know, even someone like Jalen Duran over and over again. He's just not built that way, even though he's improved at the rim. So him threatening from the mid-range and being more consistent the way he was tonight is actually really huge for the longevity of his game. Because the second a big has to step out and start respecting that, 
all of a sudden that opens up shots at the rim. All of a sudden the help defenders have to be like, okay, we have to help off our guy now because he's going to get to the rim or he's going to shoot from the mid range more. And so I'm sorry to interrupt you. That was just a really good point you made. The shot. No, no, I mean, for sure. Yeah, I definitely, definitely think that was a great, uh, a great point to bring up. Um, Cause my, one of my biggest things is watching these games, watching these players games, progress to the point where like they have so many different options where like if the three-point is available they got the mid-range if the mid-range is available they got the the shot at the rim so I love seeing the players progress like that and being able to see you know how much further their games progress and how much able they're to diversify their games um but yeah um I thought um I guess we can get into this too because I thought this is what also helped um IQ as well tonight was um playing with Brunson in the backcourt um and Thibs using that with the starters as well as the bench he did multiple times in the game he first started out with having Brunson um stay in with the bench and having him and IQ patrol the backcourt and then further a little further along in the game he did um IQ and Brunson with RJ Randall and Mitch and I thought that was that was really great stuff um what you guys think about that yeah, I love – I think Tibbs' rotations and lineups so far have been, like, really promising. I especially do love, like, the Brunson IQ backcourt. I think a lot of us were like, that's the backcourt we're going to see because you have Quicken's ability to defend the POA, that you have superior playmaking as well as Brunson being able to break down defenses and stuff like that. I think about it in the way of, like, supercharged Rose. So, like, you know Rose and Quickly go well together, but you know that Brunson is a better player than Rose and does more than Rose can. So having – that ability to just like have that penetrator also have that like release valve for quickly on his drives is really promising. And Brunson also has somebody who could like play make with him in the backcourt, you know, can do stuff as a trailer. It's a very promising backcourt. Um, quickly covers up a lot of Brunson's weaknesses, especially in the POA. And I'm glad that Tibbs started to recognize that and has started to highlight that more with his lineup and rotations. In general, I feel like the last two games, his rotations have been very strong and I'm, um, Hopefully that I'm hopeful that he starts to stagger a little bit more, but even still without the staggering, I feel confident in his rotations so far. So good on tips. And he even did that a little bit um, tonight, right? Like the first half cam coming off his really strong performance, cam and Hardenstein were the first two off the bench and RJ sat. And then in the second half, when Tibbs is like, okay, Quickly's got it going. Quickly is the first one off the bench. And he played with both, like you just said, with RJ and with Brunson. So, I mean, I know the bar is kind of low here, but that's much less robotic than we've ever seen Tibbs be. He's usually very structured and, okay, these these two guys came off. Like, I would have expected Cam and Hardenstein to be the first two off the bench in the third quarter as well, because that's just how he typically structures his – um his rotations. The one thing I will say, and I just don't know if this is ever going to change. I just don't like how long he shifts his players like quickly played 27 minutes tonight. And that's awesome. And I'll never complain about quickly playing 27 minutes, but how did he play 27 minutes? He played 10 straight minutes in the first half. And then he played 17 straight minutes in the second half. That's just ludicrous. Like that's not, he's not, he's not even rotating. He's just, Hey, you're playing well tonight. Go out there and run until your legs fall off. Like that, that's what he's doing. And 
Like, yeah, it's cool that he likes quickly. I'm glad he understands that quickly is really good tonight. Um, but he, to be actually like good at rotations, he has to actually rotate, you know, like it can't just be, it can't just be like, Oh, I sub differently. And then that was just it. And they played together for a few minutes and that was just it because at the core of Thibodeau's strategy is still, okay, I've got my starting lineup and I've got my bench unit and that's it, you know, and they run together. Um, but I really like the point you just made, Tyrese, about uh, how quickly he covers for Brunson. Like, obviously, Brunson's amazing. But as good as quickly was offensively tonight, I actually thought he was better defensively. He covered, like, five different Pistons well tonight. The only one who really gave him trouble was Jaden Ivey in the second half, who his quickness is going to give anyone trouble. Like, But he was all over Boyan Bogdanovich, who was giving everyone else hell, like, quickly was the one whose length was bothering Boyan. He covered Cade a little bit. Cade bullied him in the post once, but he did a fine job on Cade a few times. Um, he had that block that the box scorekeeper didn't give him in the first half, but that was him digging down and making a, an, uh, an off ball block. He's a really good defender. And, you know, like we talk about it all the time. So I feel like an asshole just saying it, but that's the thing about quickly. That's so frustrating. Like, they're the ones painting him in this box, putting him in this box as a Lou Williams type scorer. Mm-hmm. None of us who actually appreciate quickly think that way about him. He's yep. really good at everything that isn't scoring. He's been a league average scorer for his first two seasons. His true shooting's 55 and 53%. That's fine. But he's a good connector. He's a top tier rebounder for a guard. And he's a really good, really switchable defender. Triple double watch on game two already. Right. I don't understand why they want him so badly to only be good at scoring. I, I don't. I think it's it's so weird because like you would assume that you want somebody to like flesh out all parts of the game, and quickly has done it. But I think that sometimes quickly struggles, and people will just hold that against him for like the rest of his career. It's a weird dynamic where like I feel Nick's Twitter like chooses their favorite. They're like, we, these are the guys where like they're bulletproof. And somehow quickly doesn't have that same amount of rope with people, but it's like he's won us a ton of games. He's like our leading fourth point scorer, like fourth quarter scorer, and he has been the last two seasons. Like it's so weird how quickly he gets put in this dynamic of you must be Lou Williams or you're not good. And it's like, what if he's Drew Holiday? Why like like if he's Drew Holiday, are you gonna complain about him being Drew Holiday? Or are you gonna complain about him being like Oh, I don't want to say fucking Tony Allen, but like think of defensive guard who can play well offensively. Um, like I don't know, like but like, do you want him to just be like you don't want him to be like Marcus Smart, but he's not going to be fucking Lou Williams either. But like he's he's good at everything. If he's good at everything, just embrace that. Yeah, I. I will never understand the people that want to put him in a box and keep him there, but let's get into ad read time before we head into some comments. So leave some questions, some comments. We will get to them after this ad read. 
NBA fans, the wait is over. Basketball is back. So tip off the season with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA Moneyline bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings up to 100% with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app opt in and place a stepped up same game parlay today with payouts bigger than ever DraftKings is where i go to bet on the nba any matchup that you like jeff i know you're like tonight or tomorrow anything um DraftKings matchup i like i really liked the Celtics tonight, that was pretty sweet. I actually bet them and they won. Oh, okay. Um, tomorrow, haven't really looked at anything, but let's do a quick five second rundown. Um, you know what? I'm just going to say it. I like Miami. Even though they play, they, they've looked terrible tonight, I just think they're, you know, they're only minus three at home versus the Raptors. And it's pretty much a show me, like you guys were saying about this game versus the Knicks. Are the Heat really going to start 0-3 with all three games at home? The Raptors are solid, but I feel like the Heat got to gotta show up eventually. So that's a, uh, you know, gun to my head after looking at it for 20 seconds. That's that's who I'm going with for tomorrow. All right. So Miami money line and probably throwing like a Jimmy Butler steal and like a Tyler Hero <laughs> two threes or whatnot. And there you go. You got yourself a little stepped up same game parlay. Um, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. You see that in the corner of your screen right there. Make any $5 bet this week and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes or show description for details. All right. Let's get to some comments. So we got um, Nemo says Hartenstein didn't make me panic defending tonight. That was a relief. I think that has to do more. I think the the issue or like the fear with Hartenstein in terms of defending that a lot of people had is like when we play against like maybe a floor spacer, which um, Detroit doesn't really have. So I don't think that's going to be a concern until we play a team that has a floor spacer at the five. And I'm not sure how many other teams really have one that's truly a threat that would make us worry that much. Um, But yeah, I thought Hartenstein was pretty good tonight. He's coming off that 40 minute freaking um, stretch run that he had the other day, which kind of goes to your point, Jeff, about like um dibs just like sticking with a guy and just like running him into the ground for a night like 40 minutes for hardenstein is insane when you have jericho sims on your bench but what do i know i didn't watch the film 300 freaking times like (laughs) dibs did or whatever it is um but yeah how'd you guys feel about hardenstein tonight i thought he was fine um i liked the ball movement that he provided i felt like he did a lot of heady plays i felt like he was active which is what you want to see um, he hit that nice three above the break. Uh, when like Stu, I think Stu hit the three, and then he hit a three right back, and I was like, "That's a good answer." But yeah, I think I just felt like he did, he did what regular backup centers should do, just like you know, keep the pace going, play within the offense, 
make everybody around me better. I felt he was really active in the offensive glass as well. Uh, the fouls were wild, but like I think everybody expected that coming in. Like we know that his fouls are going to be wild, but like otherwise, yeah, no problems with him. I thought he looked great. I don't know if I can do him making the Duncan face every time he's called for a foul the whole season, though. Like, dude's never committed a foul in his mind. I've, I've never, like, I've seen guys complain about calls. But this is like, he's, he takes it to a whole other level, man. He always looks so shocked when a foul is called on him. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm with you guys, though. I thought he was fine. Uh, he had that one back cut to uh, Cam. I wish Cam, I wish Cam, I wish Cam and him were on the same page for that one because that was a, that was a nice pass by him. Um, oh, Cam. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah, he just – he's just the type of guy who it's going to take some time. And, like, mm-hmm. I know he had a really good game once. People are like, oh, it's going to take some time. Like, he played really well. But for his units to play well, it's just people are going to have to learn to play off a guy like that because people – like, all these guys except for Cam have – only been on the Knicks really in recent memory and we've never had a center who could do anything like that is that is the truth about Nick centers like Taj is the closest thing we've had to a playmaker which is bananas (laughs) (laughs) like Taj on the short roll is you know he loves that little 15 footer but that's about it um so yeah I mean Hartenstein he, he sees the floor really well. He wants to throw back cuts. He wants people playing off him. I think quickly's, quickly and Obi will pick it up the fastest just because sure. they're always moving. They have, you know, they just process the game really well in general, especially Obi. So, but I think I think we saw what we saw from that bench unit tonight is really good. It's really pumped about what we saw from Rose. You know, like as long as he's a Nick, he's going to be a really integral part. Um Maybe later or some other time we can talk about how necessary having both him and Fournier is, but it's always good to see him play well regardless, like just because you don't want quickly to have to do it alone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, HGH must have came in for Rose because after last game, me and Tyrese were like... I, I, I told you he had to re-up. He just had to re-up. He's good. That, that last game, D-Rose was looking old as hell, man. Like, he looked old. Um <laughs> But tonight he looked, he looked way better. Injury. Until the injury, until he eventually gets injured, because you know how it works, he's going he to be straight. So we're not worried about that. Yeah, he was he was good tonight. A lot of great threes. Um, you know, his threes, they they are so weird. They like they look like sort of like they're not they're not it's not a quick release, but it's not like a super slow release either. But like he's always able to hit contested ones, which is like so weird to me. But yeah, yeah, it's been an amazing evolution for him. Like, given who he was when he came to the league and what type of player he was, I mean, I think he shot like below sixty percent his rookie year from the free throw line. That's what he was as a shooter. If it if it wasn't below sixty, it was like around sixty. But I think he was pretty just not good as a shooter um, overall. And for him to completely reinvent himself as a player is its just a really cool thing. It's really cool for the Knicks. It's just a really cool story because he was such a talent and it's such a bummer that he just struggled with injuries for so long. Um, uh, to, uh, sorry, real quick, to update you that, he shot 79% as a rookie for the free throw line. Whoa, really? Yeah. 
Okay. His career, 83%. Mm-hmm. Was, there, was there an early year when he was really bad? I don't know why I just made that Not up. 79, 77, 86, 82. Hmm. All right. Well, sometimes I just talk out of my ass, I guess. I have no <laughs> idea why I thought that. <laughs> Um, we're gonna get some. We're gonna get some more comments after we talk about the rest of this game. Um, make sure y'all leave questions, comments, all that good stuff. We can get to it. Keep the discussion rolling. Um, Obi, Obi had a good game today. Yeah. Obi, I mean, the three was looking good. It looked it looked, looked a little shaky at first. You know, he started off with a, a moonshot of an air ball. But you know, got going with the with the with the mid range jumper. Um, got a nice lob to Cam in transition. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's been looking. I mean, even going back to preseason, he's been looking pretty good. Season opener aside, I guess the momentum from last season is carrying over, which is a good thing to see in terms of the shot, the energy, pace of play, all that good stuff. Um, but like, as soon as he got into the game, like the energy, like literally, like shifted, like. Him and IQ came into the game and it shifted completely. And that's when you saw the Knicks go on that second quarter run where they were able to pour on that, what was it, 42 points in that quarter. Um, and it was just a credit to their energy. Um, hopefully, you know, Thib sees these early season trends and continues going with them. I know it's against the Pistons who are most likely going to be in the Wemby sweepstakes. But nonetheless, they still provided a lot of energy and shifted like the tone of the game. Because it was still pretty, it wasn't like super close, but it was still pretty close. It was in striking distance for the Pistons um, in terms of them being within like 10 or 12 points. But as soon as like those guys got in, it the lead shot up to like 20 plus in a matter of no time. But yeah, how'd you guys feel about Obi tonight? And I guess going forward. I thought he was great tonight. I like the energy he played with. Uh, definitely that first shot had me a little shaken. Uh, you saw my of tweet. Course, of I don't, course. I don't, I don't want to talk about them. Um, Hardy OB? That's a fire <laughs> bar. That's a bar. I don't care what No, it's say. not. Tell me that isn't fire. Hating. Um, I'm happy to tell you that it's not fire. But exactly, yeah. it's not. That was it's funny. Not. Anyway. But, yeah, like, he played well tonight. Um, I thought he played really well, especially as a decision maker. I felt all the decisions were sound. I liked his activity on defense. Um, the shot looked good. And it also wasn't just all out of transition. Like, he definitely got his transition buckets. He's always going to do that. But he was able to do some stuff in the, um, in the half court as well, which is like, I really want to see him do that. And not just as a cutter, he was able to do it just straight up, like, face-up jumpers. That's all you want to see from him. Just, like, that ability to take that jump shot, even one dribble in. His confidence with his um, dribbling as well, just his decision making in general, just like everything was a positive for Open. I feel like he really, really like showed out tonight, which is really good to see. Yeah, that's a really good point. That 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 uh that baseline jumper was actually his second shot, and like I know these guys are pros, and the whole like they've kind of almost tackled the mental side of it. So like us peasants. The way we think about things is probably not how they think about it. But still, you know, if your first shot is like a brutal air ball and your second shot is a wide open shot, it's easy to like, you know, you got to think it's easy to get in your head a little bit about it. And so it was nice to see him just splash that confidently. Um, yeah, he was really good. 
team just plays better when he's out there. It's just, I know that's boring, but that's what he does. Um, he moves, he makes quick decisions. And if he's going to shoot, you know, if he's able to shoot 35% plus from three, he's a really good player. Um, especially since he's just not a killer on defense the way people thought he was going to be, you know, like it's crazy to think about, but like coming out of Dayton, he was supposed to be an Amari Stoudemire type, someone who was going to just destroy you on defense, but it didn't matter because he was going to be putting up 20 and 10. And that's just not really what he's been. He's a fine defender. He's got good length. He works his ass off. Um, I think you have to credit Tibbs for that. Uh, who he's just a good player developer. I wish he trusted the players he developed more, but I think it's pretty undeniable that every young player has improved on under Tibbs's watch. Um, so it's just about enabling and trusting that improvement and hopefully we'll get there this year. I mean, today was a good start, but yeah, it was really good. It was a good start story of the next season last year. It was a good start. Jesus Christ, man. It's game two. I'm just saying, man. Jesus. Here we go. Good feeling. He's just like, you know, you know, we might lose the next game. And nah, I'm, all I'm, that, it's, all that, it's all downhill from here. Nah, I'm confident in the next game. I am. It's another, it's another, it's another game where the team should come out and, you know, beat the shit out of their opponent. You're just basketball email, bro. You're no, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, you are. I'm not. I'm you just, know you know. Being cautious. God. <laughs> Gotta be cautious, man. God. A little optimism will not kill you, I promise. I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> um, RJ, I mean, we didn't really talk about RJ, but RJ had a really good game. Um, 18-3-4. and four. Had some really tough and ones in the paint. Um, the finishing looked pretty good today. Um, didn't hit a three, but you know, that's okay. Um, but yeah, I thought he had a really good game. He didn't really force anything. The, he really let the game come to him, which is a complete opposite from the Memphis game where it looked like some shots. He was just like, he was just like trying to shoot them to see if they would go in just to get himself into rhythm or something, which was like, I hate when he does that. Cause it's like, bro, you can like get natural buckets, like just like calm down relax but yeah it was good to see him ease himself um back into you know his regular rhythm he looked in control tonight um and yeah i mean as as someone that you know watched him go through the roller coaster that was last year i knew that today was going to be the perfect get right game for him because it's the freaking pistons of detroit and they suck and Everyone should have should have a get right game against the Detroit Pistons. But how'd you guys feel about RJ tonight? I felt like he did his country proud tonight, which he needed to do after that fucking stinker. Um, yeah, like today was really good. I liked his finishing around the paint, especially. I felt like that was really promising. His ability to get to um, the line off and ones, I thought that was really good. Uh, you wish he hit threes, but I'm okay with that because like he shot eight of nine out the room. When you shoot eight and nine at the rim, that's a good night for RJ Barrett. That's a good night for anybody in the association. But that's especially a good night for RJ Barrett because he's doing the thing that he needs to do, which is get to the rim, finish at the rim. So I'm happy to see him do that. I'm also happy to see him like flash that touch. He had it with like a floater. He had it with like both hands. 
like that's the thing that you want to see with RJ Barrett, just that ambidextrous finishing, finishing in general, that ability to like get over his defender, and like you saw it in the half court, you saw it in tra- semi transition, you saw it in fully transition, like all those ways of finishing, all those angles, all that attempt to just like get those two feet into the paint, he was able to do it, and he was able to do it very, very, um, very, very well, which is awesome to see. There was a play in overtime yesterday uh, where he got downhill and he kind of just like pinballed off his defender. Like it was just like a tiny little shoulder shrug, like a little bump. And he was just completely thrown off his path and he flew up. I mean, you've, you, guys, you guys have seen it a million times in RJ's three years. But that is not the path to success for him. His big advantage is his size. So he has to, like, embrace the contact and still and not let the contact divert his path. And he did that way better tonight. Um, Playing through contact, embracing the contact, even initiating the contact. He was really good at that. And it's not just because he finished. It's because he got the calls. Like, he forced those calls. And because in spite of the contact, the shots that he took were makeable, solid looks. And that's what you want to see from him. And then to go along with that, he had four assists. Um, oh, oh, my gosh. The dishing tonight. Oof. Special stuff, man. Keep it, keep it in your pants. Keep it in your pants. Dude. All right. So, like, so first he was too emo, now he's too happy. Can Sam do anything right for you, Tyrese? Jesus. He's the damn. Yeah, but like, see, see, if I mention his boy, if I mention his boy, then there's an issue. Absolutely, man. Your eyes roll back. You were just like, oh, like. I can't be excited about RJ getting, you know, getting playmaking reps, man. Like, now you want to be excited, bro? This is crazy. Yeah, because our young guy is getting playmaking reps, and he 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 thrives in that, man. You're right. You're right. You're right. Right. Nah, but I like right. the passing that he did today. There was this one pass to number thirty, um, that was really yeah. sweet. That he, you know, it was he looked like he just like threw it with like one hand with some flair and like found him wide open. But yeah, I like the passing that I saw from him tonight. Him getting playmaking reps, you know, he should be able to get, he have these opportunities more often. They shouldn't be something that like we see so far and few in between that you that like you know we get excited at these rare moments that he gets the chance to do this type of stuff but yeah i really like the passing tonight one of the threes he missed was on a uh it looked exactly like brunson's relocation against memphis in the right corner and that's just like a small niche area of improvement that you really like to see because when you think of rj barrett you don't really think of like an off-ball killer you know but those little touches to his game are just going to help him. You know, one extra three-pointer a game that he shoots in rhythm that's open, it's just going to help him. That's just, it's really good. So he didn't make the three, obviously, but it was still nice to see. Yeah. Um, let's get to this comment right here. Grimes got to take start taking some roids for his foot because that backcourt open floor defense is shambolic. How do we feel about the defense so far in terms of the backcourt? Uh... Evans doing the best he can. He has some fine. He has he has some fine possessions. Um, he actually had really good hands tonight. He forced a couple steals, and 
he's really rarely out of position. He's just not really physically capable of being a consistently impactful defender. Um, Brunson's kind of the same, but just like a better version, like someone who's not physically capable of consistently being a positive impact, but closer because he's kind of got that like, um, what's a good center of gravity, I guess is what mm, I'm looking for, where he doesn't get pushed around. And so even though he's short, he still like can guard up and it's just not a tenable backcourt long-term. Uh, if Grimes comes back and plays well and Fournier starts, that's bad. That's a, that we'll, we, we can talk about it now. We can talk about it then, but that's just, it's indefensible. Um, and I don't see how there's a single argument for Evan Fournier continuing to start, save the team, like ripping off 15 wins and to just being like, okay, well, I can't do it. I can't change the starting lineup now, but that's my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I just, I don't like the backcourt. I've never liked the backcourt. I just kind of feel like he gives up too much. And I don't like teams whose best defense is their offense. And it feels like, you're trying to do best defense in your offense with a team that's offense isn't really that good. I like the improvements they made, especially with Bunsen and Farden, but still that offense isn't that good. So I don't want it to be a situation where like you have to outscore teams because I don't think this team has a lot of firepower like that because they don't have that bona fide star compared to another team. They have a lot of good solid players and anybody's capable of going off, but like random nick of the night versus like certified all-star, all-NBA superstar kind of players, you don't want it to be a gun show or a gunfight in that caliber. So I do want to I eventually see Grimes in the starting lineup. If anything, I'll take quickly right now, but that's likely not going to happen. But that defense does need to improve because you just can't have two, like, two and realistically three guys who, like, don't really present a lot of defense when they're not trying. Nick of the Night, that's a good segment. Nick of the Night tonight was Emmanuel quickly. He was. It's yeah. funny because you know Tibbs. It's so obvious that Tibbs thinks quickly is a better fit with the starting lineup. Than oh, for Ford. sure. Like, so why not start? Like, what? I'd, man, yeah, whatever. Everything that people say about quickly kind of applies to Fournier. Like, he would be better off the bench. Be for the same reasons, like he could, he could initiate the offense more off the bench. That's like the reason we got him. You know, he's Reggie Bullock, but he can create off the dribble. We saw it against Memphis. He had a ton. He had, he had three or four really good, you know, drives off the bounce. He would do that more playing with the bench if you replaced Grimes or quickly with him in the starting lineup. Um, I just don't get it. <laughs> We will never get it with this coach. Um, let's see what other comments we got. Okay, Nemo says, still somewhat suspicious about Randall's tendencies. He keeps stopping the ball, but at least it's just from time to time now. The decision-making has been a lot better from Randall, and I'm not saying this as Randall fan club vice president. I'm saying this is somebody who, like, can admit when he sucks. Like, I think the third quarter he's kind of sucked, I didn't think he took bad shots, but he missed them. But my thing was basically, like, he doesn't really stop the ball. He isn't playing that ISO ball. And you can tell, like, he's looking to push the ball and looking to find guys. 
Like he was looking for RJ how good about this game, and he was pushing the ball ahead. He's trying to run DHOs with Fournier, and like throwing a bad pass to Brunson. Like, I gotta say one thing: DHOs with Fournier, him and Fournier's two-man game. I am sick and tired of it. I'm sorry. I look, man. You can say all you want to, but that shit is effective. <laughs> like it was effective last year. It's, it's like it's so nasty. It's nasty, but it's effective. Like it's fucking robotussin. Like shit works. You just hate to fucking take it. Um, wasn't effective tonight. See, there was a bar, Tyrese. There you go. That was, that was better. <laughs> but yeah, like, yeah, I mean, 48 shot decently tonight. He just could not hit two pointers and sort of the fucking team. But like, yeah, like, I think Randall played within himself tonight. He he didn't have any turnovers. He had no assist, he had no turnovers either. Like, that kind of shows you that kind of game that he had where we were just like, okay, I'm just going to make this shot, make this quick decision, pass it to somebody else. There was, like, one um, one play in particular where, like, I think Randall, like, catches it on an outlet pass. The Pistons get back, and then, like, instead of, like, old Randall would probably, like, try to force up something there. And instead he was just, like, patient, patient, pound, pound. And then, like, he, he looked for Jalen Brunson being his release valve. And he was like, all right, we can run something there. Brunson passes it back to him. He doesn't like the look. He passes it back to Brunson. And Brunson makes something happen, and it, I don't think the shot went in, but like, at least you can see the process there is a lot cleaner, and I feel like he trusts Brunson more than he trusts Kemba. So like, I feel like that burden of having to be the guy on offense, especially running the offense, is lessened, and I feel like he's benefiting because of that. So not the best line tonight in terms of stat line, but like, he's he still hit his threes, he took shots that were like in the flow of the offense. And I had no problems with it so far. Yeah, it's clear his decision making is better. I mean, it's hard. It can't be worse than last year, but like meaningfully enough better that it's worth noting. Uh, I agree with everything Tyrese just said. Um, I do think it's funny that the Knicks lost his minutes tonight, just because I mean that's just random, obviously. But it's still funny to see a twenty-five point win with Randall being minus one. <laughs> um, it's like oh, memories from last year. Um, <laughs> But, um, yeah, it was like every game last year, you'd look at the plus minuses and, like, the whole starting lineup was negative and the whole bench was positive. It was every game. Um, I really like that Randall started to leak out because his rebounds – I man, I feel like I've gone this rant a few times recently. His rebounding is so unbelievably replaceable. Like, Breen was like, oh, he's one of the best defensive rebounders in the league. All he does is his box outs. Anybody can do that. Like, I'm still waiting this season on him to get one high leverage rebound. One. Just a single one where he has to do the dirty work and box out. Not one where the offense all retreats and he's just the one waiting there. Not one where Mitch clears the paint out and he's just the one waiting there. Those are the rebounds he gets. Like, it's crazy. I mean, so if you're aware that Randall is mostly getting rebounds that anybody else can get, use his athleticism and size to his, to to your advantage, get some easy buckets like you do with Obi, you know, and he's done that three times now in the first two games. I love it. It's energy. It's pace. It's everything that we've supposedly been preaching coming to fruition. Um, I really like it from him. Uh, Single bad, bad shot tonight. Not that I can think of. When we got was, like 28 or something. There was one in the first quarter that I, I tweeted about specifically. Yeah, I don't know. When, when we got up, 
I don't remember that, but I obviously I remember it. I always no, remember. I'm saying obviously it happened. Of course there, was, there was one from the elbow when we were up 28th that just felt rushed. That, was, that just felt like he was just like, whatever, we're up a million. Like, I'm going to start shooting. But I thought he played a really solid process game for the most part. Um, yeah, I don't know. Nothing to complain about again for Randall through two games. I'll, I'll look a little bit at his defense when I rewatch the game, but, like, it was fine in game one, and I assume it was fine again tonight. It was fine. Like, Sadiq got a couple buckets on him, but, like, yeah, I just felt like he played fine. Like, he was – it was pedestrian because this game was such a blowout early that, like, it's hard to highlight, like, oh, defense off. But it was just kind of like everybody kind of contributed, and the day won by, I think, 25-plus. So, is not really much to, like – talk about in terms of like individual performances unless it's like a manual quickly roll we thought was right yeah okay for 20 jeff with some drip on repping the strickland merch make sure y'all go cop that we got the link in the in the description um nemo says our jurgens or is that supposed to be like an rj resurgence rj look like yeah, he looks like he was prime cam reddish on the rose step <laughs> Prime Cam Reddish. Is that where we're at now? Oh, yeah. Prime Prime Cam Reddish was versus Memphis. That was Prime Cam Reddish. He is amazing, though. Like, I'm not saying, like, as an impactful basketball player, but he just, like, does stuff that clearly no one on the Knicks can do. And he just kind of glides out there. It's really, I don't know. It's just, he makes it look so easy, and then other times he makes it look so hard. <laughs> like, it's just like when he simplifies it and just – like, all of his bad possessions tonight came between 5 and 20 feet. All of them. There wasn't a single three he took tonight, except for there was, like, a at the end, you know, when he was just like, ah, fuck it. But I think everyone was kind of like that. But when he dumps it down and simplifies it, it's just I like that player way more than – the cam who thinks he's Paul George. Yeah, I, I tweeted, don't dribble. <laughs> he doesn't need to that. dribble. Go ahead, Tyrese. No, I'm just like, you're right. Like, Maury Ball Cam is like a, like, Maury Ball Cam could get paid $20 million a year if he, like, embraced it. God the problem is that decide to do that, but I mean, like we joke about it, but if Cam Reddish was like, I'm just going to be a hyper finisher in the paint and shoot three that like 36 plus. If if okay, like if he if. wanted to do that, he would literally be a 15 year vet. Like the thing that separates him from being flash out of the league, John Jackson, and 15 year vet who makes easily 200 million dollars in earnings is literally just mentality. If he just embraced being Doji Ananobi instead of fucking Paul George, he again, he would make so much money. Like, you would think that people would learn, like, okay, you know what? I'm not a star. It's okay. Just like, I could be a star in my role kind of guy. Like, Alex Caruso never probably was going to be like, I'm going to be a star. He's just like, all right, I just want to make the team. And at this point, Cameron just wants to make the team. But, like, it's so weird to see this guy just, like, trying to make shit happen when he doesn't need to make shit happen. And it's just like, dude, you're long as fuck and have the ability to shoot the ball. Just do that. Literally just do that. If. If If I had wheels, I'd be a bike. It must be kind of hard, though. Like, you say Caruso. You say the camp. Like, can you imagine being, like, his friend or his agent? 
and just being like, yo, man, just be like Alex Caruso. Like, he would get so mad. He's so much, like, better at basketball than, like, at, like... If he got mad, if he got mad, though, Jeff, I would be like, all right, Caruso was a high-leverage role player on a championship-winning team. I'm not saying there's not logic behind it. Oh, yeah, of course not. I'm just saying that's what would be my logic to level, Cam thinks he's really good. Like, you have to, to get to that level. He was a number one high school prospect. He was a top 15 pick in the NBA. Like, it's just really hard for a guy like that to be like, you know what? I'm a role player. You know, He's he's gotten tricked, sadly. The thing is, like, you look at his shot choice, then he went three or five in the restricted area and didn't make a shot anywhere else. Like... The blueprint is there. The blueprint is literally there. And he just, like, when he embraces it, it's just like, oh, my God, this is literally incredible. Nah, and when he got does it, certain old folks like, from Twitter that are, like, you know, gassing his head up, saying that, you know, you can do everything you want in the world. And, you know, that shit like this gets to him. You know, Night Nurse? Night Nurse and his buddies. Oh, man. But, yeah, like, he's gotten tricked this whole time. It's like, you know, all that hype from high school, you know, carried over because, you know, everyone wants to share that clip of Anthony Edwards, you know, praising at his feet, calling him God or whatever, you know, that got into his head. So, you know, he thinks, you know, he's still that guy. But, you know, reality hits you hard in the NBA. It's I, I hope it's finally hitting him. But, you know, we have nights like tonight that came after nights like the other night that happened every single week in Cam Reddish's NBA career. This is a constant thing. Therese, do you want to tell the folks how you got tricked once again by Mr. I, Reddish? I thought, once again, relax. Whoa, whoa. I said that I thought he was going to have a I good stretched game it. I had to stretch it. I had to stretch I thought it. He, I said I thought he was going to have a good game tonight. I said he was going to go off, like, last game. But I was like, all right, he could probably put up, like, 10 on, like, 4 of 8. And he couldn't even do that for me today. So... Tells Maybe you he not did to put me. your trust in do, him. Do you guys, Do you guys think that on that bench unit that the Knicks should dabble in letting him initiate a little bit more. Cause I kind of no. feel like, they, no. I kind of feel like they should. No, I don't want to see him dribble. I, I don't really want to see him pass. I don't want to see him dribble. I'm sorry. I've yeah, seen him he, dribble too many times where he's like bumbling the ball or he's like bumping into someone just like, I don't need that. Unless he is shooting or going to the rim and finishing. He has yeah. one dribble max. I give him one dribble, and you better pick that. One shit dribble, up. pick it up. Go to the lit, go to the cup. Like yeah. if he takes two dribbles, I want him like automatically pulled. I want him to get the fucking like because Looney Tunes hook. Just like no, I don't want that shit. Don't dribble unless you absolutely need to. Not even if you need to like avoid a travel. I don't give a fuck. You better like spin, jump, <laughs> duck, hop, Mario jump. I don't care. Like I don't want him dribbling. Yeah, him dribbling is not a pretty sight. I just, I like, he can't dribble. It's only one way to learn it. So the practice is for it. If if it's not working over there, then stop trying in the game. Man, unless you're not getting a 2K, I wouldn't even let him dribble a 2K. Like, no. My God. I guess I just feel like leveraging his size is better than spamming quickly high pick and rolls over and over again. Like I I will take I will take the quickly high pick and roll. <laughs> the quickly high pick and roll never failed me once. I'll do that. Man, never failed you once? Like I'm as big a quickly fan as there is, but sometimes it's ugly basketball. On the aggregate, it never failed me once. 
That's it's fair. not as ugly as it could get letting that guy dribble. The zero on his back is from the amount of dribbles he should be taking. <laughs> Jesus, man. They, they, put, they put him to the camp. They're like, what's my new number, Coach Zero? Why? You don't take any dribbles. Like, oh, man. Yeah. All right, let's get back. I don't to know. I guess, I guess maybe I'm in the cam hive now. You know? Cam fam? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I, think, I think they've got me. I think they've got me in. Jeff's just, cam fam. Oh, my he, goodness. Oh, my God. He's so smooth. <laughs> he is smooth, man. I'm a believer. He looks man. so smooth breaking. I was watching. I, I can't. I, I was watching that game yesterday. That, I was watching the season opener, and I was just like, yo, people's really about to get tricked again. Like, yo, I was like, yo, people's really about to get tricked again. And thinking this is going to be something consistent. So let's say let's say Grimes comes back Monday. I asked mm-hmm. you this question on the pod. Okay. What do you, uh, question for each of you guys? What what do you guys do? What's your rotation? What's your long term plan? Like I we know Tibbs loves Grimes. We know Grimes is in the rotation. So what's your plan? Is it trade Rose, trade Fournier, or is it actually just all right, Cam? Thanks for that first game. You're gone. Like, that just Literally. seems that just seems like it can't be right. I'm okay well. with that. Yeah, I'm. <laughs> you actually like the two absolute worst people that have yeah. like the worst bias oh, <laughs> to no. answer this even, question. Even with your bias, how is it better long term for the Knicks in any way to run Rose and or Fournier out there? What oh, is, I, I, I'm not really, that? I'm not really advocating for them to like play. Um, I'm, 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 a, I'm an advocate for them to get traded no matter what, no matter if Cam showed us anything or not. Like I wanted them gone anyways, so. I don't think his play really like influences my decision on them because like I already from jump wanted them gone. Um, yeah. I think my thing has always been like, I didn't care about Cam because I'm like, they have two picks in this draft and this draft has a bunch of dudes who are like six, eight. So like my thing was always, if he plays well enough, you're probably not going to resign him. And if he doesn't play well enough, then you're not going to miss him. So like, because if he plays well, he's going to get wing money, and wing money is always going to be exorbitant because of how rare good wings hit the market. So, like, my thing was always great if he like, plays well. I probably would have flipped him if he plays well. I'm just like, I'm not going to pay this dude. And if he doesn't play well, I'm like, well, he hasn't played well his entire career. This is nothing new. I, I don't know. I'm just – I'm not – gonna harp on cam not playing because i don't feel like cam is going to like cam has a theoretical skill set but if he's not able to leverage that as much as he really should be then i don't care much about his theoretical skill set even if he does have length on the wing and the size on the wing that you would want yeah yeah i mean I don't, I don't know don't what else to say. Or a long term. I just don't see a short or a long term art. Like I like Fournier, but dude's a dude is a fucking Turnstile. red red carpet on defense. Like you put him in front of a, you put him in front of an offensive guy and they're going by him. Cam's I yeah. Mean, I like I like Cam with that. I like Cam with quickly and with Grimes. Like the idea of quickly Grimes and Cam together that length with Obi and then sometimes Mitch, that's going to give other teams problems. And there's just, 
if you if you accept that this team probably isn't going to win anything like super meaningful this season, then rehabilitating Cam either as a trade asset or for yourself, giving yourself a skill set that you don't really have outside of him just has infinitely more value than, oh, let's see if Evan Fournier can break his three-point shooting record again. Like, that's that's why he's in the game. Like, I, we're not we're not taking advantage of Fournier's skill set. We're not, you know, using him as an initiator as much as we should in the starting lineup. Nobody thinks he should start. I just, I don't know. I don't, I just don't see a good argument for Cam getting DNPs when Grimes comes back. I don't think it's for our benefit short or long-term. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just like someone that like doesn't see the consistency with Cam. So, I mean, I'm all for trading those guys anyways, but it was never going to be to supplement Cam. Like if Cam gets like consistent minutes out of that, then I'll be let it happen, I guess. But yeah, I'm not like going to like push for it super hardcore just because I've seen what he is for like these past two or three years and like people will say you know he's been hurt or whatever and like yeah that's part of the problem he's always hurt so like of course he's never gonna get consistency as well um but yeah i mean people have heard my spiel on cam i've they've seen my tweets i don't need to really keep beating a dead horse here with cam reddish you terry why are you making that face you never heard that term before beat a dead horse come on not your spiel Oh, my spiel? You never heard spiel before? I've heard of spiel. I'm just like, all right. <laughs> Man is hating so but He went to the 18th century with it. That, that's really hate. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Um, Nemo says you're his favorite um, Randall fan, so I don't know how you want to take that, Tyrese, <laughs> being so uh, his favorite Randall fan. I don't know if there's... <laughs> how many Randall fans are there to have a favorite? Dozens of us. They're they're coming back now. Yeah, dozens, of us. dozens, <laughs> not even hundreds, dozens. <laughs> we're, we're, they're coming back slowly but surely. He's gonna win them back. Like it's like you know, it's like a, it's like your ex who like cheated on you, and he was like, "I'm gonna change, baby. I'm gonna change." And now he gotta like win him back. So he's like, you know, doing the dishes and shit, and he's like, you know, waking the kids up early and cooking breakfast. Like you know, you speaking like, from personal experience, Terry. What the hell? <laughs> I watch too many. I watch too much um, fucking TV. But like, yeah, like you know, he gotta do the little things to win us back, and like he's doing it slowly but surely. And the hype will. He'll be back. He'll be fine. He'll be a productive player. And we'll move past 21, 22. We're, we're gonna we're gonna move off of it. He's gonna be here in a minute. We're all gonna be fine. Saying this after two games like last year didn't happen, man. I'm just saying. Yeah, but the second game of last year, he was basura. Yeah, so that should have let folks know what type of time he was on. I, I really wouldn't. But yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I am good on saying anything about that man for at least at least 45 games at least 45 then games. if yeah 45 games is that when the trade deadline is when's the trade deadline that's got to be around like the trade deadline more like 50 55 games uh, yeah, yeah. I just yes, yes. It, so. so yeah keep pumping up that trade value sir 30 keep pumping it up they're just never trading him right like 
at this point, it. at this point, I am just you know living in another world like some other people like to do on the internet. Um, <laughs> so I live in that world where you know he gets traded after forty-five or so games because you You're know in the metaverse, bro. <laughs> man, there's some people that see themselves as the main character online. So you know, I just I just see myself well, just, as just, just a few people, huh? Yeah, just a few people, just a few people <laughs> on next Twitter that see themselves as. The main character. Uh, I'm gonna live in that world for a little bit, and in that world, Julius Randle gets traded in 45 in 45 games. So I'm gonna live in that world like those people do, because you know you that's be, the fun thing to do. Wouldn't you be thrilled if he just like proved you wrong though? Like, I mean, if it leads if it leads to like team success, then I'll be it. Whatever. He'll he'll start from, he'll stop from hating to like golf clapping. Nah, I'll just like give He's a little. You go meme over the corner. Just give a little nod, just like, okay. A little, a little golf clap. Not even a golf clap. I just give a little nod, like, hmm, okay. They don't even give a nod. I'll just give a little breathe, a little sigh through the nose. So this is gonna draw like a forty-point triple double, and you're just gonna be like, yeah, he did, he did his thing. I'll be like, okay. I feel like, I feel like I'd be much happier with Julius's season if like he never had a big game like that. Not like I'd be happy if he played worse, but it would tell me that he sort of accepted the role we've kind of want from him. You know, like if he has like those crazy high usage games, whether successful or unsuccessful, that would tell. Holy shit, Dame is insane. Good lord, he's got thirty points in the first half. He just hit an insane step back three. Sorry, um, that would tell me the league pass soon. Um. That would tell me that he's kind of reverted to the player that he was last season, you know? Mm-hmm. No, that that's not really a recipe for team success, like Sam was saying. So I feel like one of the things that me and Tyrese were talking about earlier that's been so nice about Julius is he hasn't really even given himself a chance to have like a crazy like 21-9-8 and eight game through two games, you know? Because he's not holding the ball. He's not determining the outcome of an ungodly amount of possessions like he used to. He's moving the ball. He's playing within the team. Um, it's been really nice to see, in my opinion. It's been high. <laughs> it's been high. Um, Vir- let's get to some last comments before we head out of here. Virgil X says, Dibs did a good job, question mark. Um, so far, he's been okay, I guess. Like For, his- for him, the bar is in hell, literally. <laughs> It's literally in hell. He like literally just has to be somewhat competent and like play lineups that like work together. Today he tried some things with Brunson IQ backcourts. He um you know used that lineups, used that backcourt with both the starters and the bench units, which was very interesting to see. Um so I say he did pretty okay. We are playing a team that's in the Wemby sweepstakes, so it's not much to really like, you know, beat the brakes off of them. Um, so you know, glad everyone was on the same page. We'll see, we'll see what really what this is really about. Um, when we start playing like teams that are like in our range, as well as you know, some teams that are a little bit a step ahead of us, which will be in the coming weeks as we face teams like Milwaukee and you know, the Cleveland Cavaliers, all those teams that are going to be like actual playoff teams. We'll see how you know that looks. Yeah, I mean, as long as as long as Obi's minute ceiling in any game Randall plays is eighteen, it's really hard for Tibbs to do a good job. 
because like you're saying that I just refuse to play one of my six best players more than you know a third of the game or whatever or that math is bad whatever six, six, um, best. six best you think always one of the six best players on the team who are the six best? Uh, quickly, I mean, Brunson. Br- well, I'm, I'm not, not in order. Brunson, quickly, RJ, Mitch. Yeah. Ra- oh, Randall, obviously. Sure. Randall. I don't think it's crazy to have Obi as the six. Who am I missing? Maybe Hardenstein? Hardenstein. I would probably take Hardenstein over him, too. That's yeah. racist. <laughs> well, okay. That's uh, racist. Uh, listen. Uh, That's racist. Uh, Anyways, Obi Grimes ahead too. of Hardenstein. Grimes, too. Okay. Oh, Grimes. I mean, we'll, okay, I can see. No, I don't know. They're close. They're yeah, just, yeah. They're like six A, six B. Right. They're just different. It's really hard to compare them, honestly. Yeah. Because they offer too many. They offer two separate like worlds of. They both light you. Things. Here's the here's the thing, Tyrese. That's colorist. <laughs> My God, are you trying to cover all the bases? Here's the, here's the thing, Tyrese. We have no idea what Obi would look like. If you like what we're basing Obi off of is in just about the worst set of circumstances imaginable for a player. Like he's making, he's making whatever is like a mediocre food. He's making like Arby's curly fries out of dog shit, you know, like, (laughs) um, and that's pretty impressive (laughs) in my opinion. (laughs) Was that, was that a fine mediocre food? I couldn't, I couldn't do it much better. I don't know. I mean, yeah. Arby's is like Arby's, bottom of yeah. the barrel fast. Yeah, but their curly so, yeah. fries are probably the best thing they have. Probably, right? I, yeah. I haven't, probably, I haven't had Arby's yeah. in ten years. So. Yeah, I'd say their curly fries are yeah, top tier. Curly fries are up there. So yeah, top tier. <laughs> but yeah, making them out of dog shit. Congrats to Obi for doing that. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, pretty much Obi. Like a lot of our young players, they have been put in the situation, the worst type of situation they could possibly be put into. Like, I. I always say this, but like except imagine, for, except for Grimes. I yeah. always said this, but imagine this team with a coach like Ty Lu. I always say this because he is probably one of the more more creative, if not the most creative coach in the league when it comes to different types of lineups. I mean, last night I saw the Clippers run out a lineup with like Batum at like basically the five. Basically, like there was no five out there for them. It was like Batum, Terrence Mann, Covington, Paul George, and like John Wall or something like that. Like they they run funky lineups like that all the time. Like, bro, I I die to see the Knicks do something like that, man. But I probably literally have to. I mean, Darvin Ham was countering with LeBron at the center and four guards. Yeah, like, and that's this is second ever game. They were running sets that like blow the Knicks sets out of the water. They have of course. They've had like 10 practices. Um, I'm really impressed by that guy so far. Uh, obviously, there's only so much you can do when Russell Westbrook's on your team. He's, yep. He could genuinely be like one of the most detrimental players in NBA history, given how much he plays and like the usage he carries. He's so, he's so unbelievably harmful to this team. It's crazy. Every minute he spends on the court, it's just they have no chance yeah. at all. It is so bad for them. Um, man, I wonder what Darvin Ham would do with our young guys. And you know what? It's not just our young guys. Like, Sam, we have said this a million times. You don't even like Randall. But maybe Randall would have been not. better if he played with Obi. Oh, like, sure. maybe Obi would help. Obi him. makes everything better, man. He can make, right. like, dog shit look, like, so beautiful. 
something better than Arby's Curly's fries, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, make it like a supermodel, like, Popeye's, like a Popeye's chicken. Make it look like a supermodel. That's what he do. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, Obi would definitely, you know, make Randall look way better because you know, all that quick motion and stuff like that, the the passing. I mean, oh, I could just go on and on, but. It is funny that Tibbs was like, oh, Tibbs like, okay, Randall. <laughs> he, he was like, okay, Randall, we've had enough of you playing like Luca. What if you just like played like Obi, you know? And instead of like playing Obi more, they're just like, come on, Randall, you can just you can just do your best Obi impression, and, and we'll we'll take that. Yeah. Um, let's get to. Should we get to some last couple comments before we head out of here? Um, so we got, um, Ace Bouchard says, Randall is such a Ross from Friends. Can't be trusted. Who the fuck watches Friends? I don't, so I didn't get that sure, reference. That show sucks. I definitely have not. started a fucking Friends. That show, that show is garbage. Jeff, have you oh. watched Friends? I mean, how do I answer that? <laughs> I've seen every episode, but, oh. uh, I've got, you know, I didn't actually like it. I've just, you know. Oh, okay. It's not Good. No, I didn't. I, I sound lame saying that. Like, oh, I watched every episode. I didn't. I didn't like it. You we know, watched I, for Jennifer Anderson. I, and I, I, well, yeah, she's great. No, I dated a girl who was really into it. And, you know, mm, so you just like the old, the old, the old rewatch. You know. Mm, okay. I did that for Family Matters. I don't blame you. <laughs> oh my god, yo, Family Matters got some of the corniest, like super. It's such a corny show. Oh my god, my parents love it though. What uh, show? Family, Family Matters. Matters. Uh, it's so corny like the the music cues and like the the stills on the faces and shit when like shit gets dramatic um claudio saying what up to us what up up? Um, i was dealing with him uh a few days ago he's the nicest guy man guy like i uh i sent him like a man we got we got i'm not gonna say we got into it i'm gonna say i was an asshole i'm like (laughs) i said something really stupid to him on the timeline and I was like really drunk and like just being an idiot. And the next day I saw my messages and I was like, man, if I was this guy and I had never met me, I would never talk to me ever again. And he was just like, no big deal, man. You're good. And like, he's always been super nice to me. Really nice guy. Thanks for you, checking in. Andrew. You, you were, you were belligerently drunk on the timeline. I'm pretty sure like Frank wasn't playing and I was taking a shot for every time that made me mad or something, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, yo. Doing that with like IQ and Obi last year, bro, would have been plastered every night. Would have been but plastered. Would grind before like he, before he got, um, everybody got hurt. Or like doing that with Kemba had a oh. fuck up. Oh, yeah. I don't get, Blasted. I don't drink, but like, I shit. don't either, but my God, liver would be crying. Yeah, yeah me neither. Don't watch friends either. You know, like I'm, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> um, I actually don't really drink anymore. But. Nemo says to pump ups. Oh, so Dallas has a new show on the Strickland YouTube channel. Check that out. He, we got right. three episodes that um have been uploaded. Um, there it's called Dallas's Palace of Analysis. Some rhyming there, so you know, check that out. Um, and I think that's gonna be the last comment we get up to. Um, as you know, we've been rolling for more than an hour. Shout out to everyone that tuned in, shout out to everyone that left a comment. Make sure y'all like, 
subscribe. We are close to 400 subs. So make sure y'all run up that subscribe button. Um, share this with a Knicks fan if you know you know they they fuck with the Knicks and you know they want to tap into some new Knicks content. Um, and we will be back. Our next game is I'm not even sure what our next game is. Monday. It's Monday, so we got a pretty decent break. Saturday, yeah, Sunday the, off. Against the Magic. Against the Magic at home. Three game part of this three game homestand. You know, mm-hmm. hopefully the Knicks can take care of business at home. Um, that's definitely something that we you know, want to be different from, from last year, I think, because last year there were some home games. There were some home stands where we made a fool of ourselves, um, and I remember them all too well. Um, but we will be back on Monday after the Magic game. Shout out to everyone that tuned in. Make sure you tune in on Monday as well um, around the same time. And peace. Enjoy your weekend. Our house is a mess. Come on in. I'm Amber Wallen, internet comedian, plant queen, and host of your new favorite podcast, Fly on the Wild. Okay, that's pretty presumptuous to assume that this is going to be their favorite podcast, by the way. Like, come on, Amber. Anyway, that wasp that you just heard interrupt me is my husband. And co-host, Benjamin Wallen, also a comedian, and I host people at our home. I have a great wine collection in my cellar. Well, you it's mean cellar. the mini fridge. It's a mini fridge. It's a mini yeah. fridge. New episodes of Fly on the Wallen drop every Wednesday. Listen in as we discuss relationships, books, and keeping our sweet baby kid alive while we make laughs on the internet. Subscribe to Fly on the Wallen wherever you get your podcasts.